This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. Hello and welcome. This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. I am Sean and with me is Jake. Hello. And uh, we have just concluded, uh, I'd say roughly uh, just, but uh, this last week, the SHOT Show went on for 2020. And there... And for anybody who doesn't know, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you do, that's the major trade show in Las Vegas, kind of like CES for... Um, all firearms, whether they be hunting, tactical, personal carry, law enforcement, that that's where those guys go to show all the, off all their new stuff. Right. And they uh, it's all the bells and whistles. They pull out all the, the stops. They do everything that they can possibly do to entice you to see their new products and see what they've got going on. And honestly, there's quite a bit. Um, the The... The the range of stuff is incredible. I mean, they they really do a lot of uh, a lot of innovation, or as much as they can. They try and pile it in and release at least some of it into the shot show. And you will see all of that in in their booths. And they bring out their their like I've seen a bunch of videos from you know they they bring out their shooting teams, they bring out the professionals, they bring out the designers, they bring anybody that they can get in the booth to talk about their product they do and well it's also because that's where all of the military law enforcement private security absolutely those buyers go on a yearly basis yeah it's um, it's like the access yeah it's like the car show you know like the new york car show or the paris car show or something like that it's like look that's where they're going to go to make buying decisions later on and take a gamble on new products for the next year and there's a couple of things that I wanted to go over. Um, as you guys know, uh, Jake and I, or if you you know if you've been listening to this cast, both of you, and what's up to all you people in Oregon? <laughs> Y'all, yeah, like I don't know what the hell's happening in Oregon, but they listen to this show. So you know what? We love you guys. Uh, but uh, I'm big into shotguns. Love them. Any, any shoddy, I... I I'm a big fan, like, what's going on with that. Jake follows pistols. We both kind of do rifles a little bit. Um, but what I wanted to talk about a little bit was some of the, the shotgun innovation and some of the kind of superstars of the show uh, that, that people are coming out, or these these uh, manufacturers are coming out with that are kind of different from where we've seen things going for the last couple of years uh jake you made an excellent point uh, before we were starting the show here that that i thought was pretty apt there it seems like they're listening to their shooting teams well i, I yes just about every interview you saw with any shotgun manufacturer you look at the different modifications they've made on uh their uh, um, automatic shotguns or semi-automatic excuse me semi-automatic shotguns is all based on how their shooting teams were modifying them and just making a production model of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether whether it's extended charging handles, uh, how the bolt is set, uh, the the gas systems or the inertial systems, everything that you and uh, how much 
uh, ammo it'll hold. All of that stuff is basically they looked at what their shooting teams have been doing to their firearms and just kind of went, oh, maybe that's a good idea. You know, we should probably listen to them since they're the, at the at the moment, the most accurate and most qualified people to tell us what they need in a firearm that does these things. It, it, but it's funny, though, because it, it goes from year to year to year something different. Over the past, a couple of years ago, it was the uh, military sidearm pistol. Sure. Uh, and you saw a lot of the innovations coming out from different firearm manufacturers as they all vied for that. Uh, one of the other things you see a lot of is the um, the SMG, the submachine guns. Uh, or, you know, even H&K put out a, uh, a civilian model of the MP5 again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, 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 so you're, what you're seeing is and the – why do I always have a problem with English? At some point in the past <laughs> – you know, it's not like you've been speaking it your entire life. You know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, where I was trying to go with this is that it, one of the things you'll find from the firearm industry is that what they tend to do a lot more of versus uh, the movie industry is listening to what their customers actually want and need and making modifications. Yeah. Versus just kind of going, oh, th- th- this is what you get and well, th- up yours. <laughs> uh, and, and not only that, but actually doing a good job of that rather than just listening to everything willy-nilly and going, let's make the perfect gun that no one can actually use. Uh, they're, they're listening to what people want as far as what they want to be able to do in finding new ways of doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're really trying to listen. And the... The firearm industry has been accused in, in you know, years past and, uh, you know, over a couple, it's kind of cyclical of just giving out what they think you want or not making many changes because they're like, no, nah, this is, you know, yeah, because <laughs> they're like, no, 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 this is the way, you know, and, and people going, you know, don't think it is. I really want this. And whether that's a good idea or not, they, they don't do that. So I was kind of interested to see, and there's not. Oftentimes, there's a lot, at least in the in the past couple of years, there's been a lot of innovation in pistols. There's been a lot, a lot of innovation for a while there just in rifles, right? It was like all rifles all the time. And, you know, because the rifles, I think, were, were easy to modify. There were some things that, that were, were easy to, like, oh, this is, this is a slam dunk. We'll just go ahead and do that. And there was a lot of modification with that, a lot of pistol stuff, but not a lot of shotgun. Um, shotguns don't really get a lot of love, uh, especially in the, uh, I'd say evolution type of, of experience, uh, because they're just kind of a system that works. It works. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of I mean, works. And it's, when was the last time you saw, uh, you know, with a few very, very minor exceptions, when was the last time that you saw a major innovation in a pump action shotgun? You know what? I mean, it's it's literally the same system that's been used for hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Um, just it's as, it's as ubiquitous, ubiquitous. God damn. <laughs> uh, as a uh, as a 1911. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, well, that was a good idea then. It's a good idea now. It works then. It works now. I think this is going to work, and you don't mess with it. There's a lot of things like that. Let me give you an example, right? And I know I keep harping on this particular gun, but I, I love it to death. Remington 870. Okay. Yeah. Remington 870 been along for been around for a long time. 
Long time. Longer than I've been alive, um, at least 60, 70 years, right? Uh, they just came out with the Remington 870 Express trap. Okay, so this is an Express gun. Now, if you'll remember, a couple of years ago, they wanted to stop making the Express. Because they're like, mm. Now, we're doubling down. Uh, because what they found was this really kind of works. It's got that, you know, that parkinized uh, finish. It's very, you know, it's very field ready. It's very rugged. Um, the It comes in 12, 16, and 20. And uh, I can do two and three quarter and three inch. So it's really adapted for anything people want to do. So what they do to, to this particular gun, they put a comb on it. They raise the rail. They put... Uh, uh, fiber optic sights on it. They can do extended chokes that come standard with the gun. So it looks a lot more like the, if you just look at the profile and look at, at the features on it, it looks a lot more like a Franke than it does a Remington. And this is a wildly not expensive gun as far as trap guns go. And you're just like, no. I mean, this is a $600 MSRP on on this 870 Express trap is six hundred bucks. You're getting it probably a little over five. Right. And and you're competing with Italian guns. Right. Yeah. I mean this it's like holy crap because an S an SLX is is two grand. Okay. I mean this is not a cheap gun that they're competing with, and you're getting it for a quarter of the price. I mean. It's amazing. Now, an SLX is, of course, an over and under, and, and the, the Express is a pump. But at the same time, um, you're getting huge amounts of, of features because they listened. And that's, that's very significant to me. Um, I mean, you've got uh, stuff like, like I loved the, the Henry X Model 410. Which no, is, is it, that's the new lever action, right? 410. It's the lever action 410, and you know it's all synthetic. It's not like your standard Henry gold plated um, lever action rifle. Which I love the fact that lever action rifles are coming back, and people are like, you know, that's really kind of a good action system. We we should do more of that. Uh, you know why? Because it works. Uh, yes, it does. There, there's also another thought process that could be, I'm not going to guarantee that it is, but could be going into that where you've got a lot of lever action stuff coming back is, you know, it, it's within the realm of human possibility that within the next two years, a semi-automatic rifle is not going to be legal to own. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it's it's not, and it's stupid, and, and that doesn't really matter to me, you know, because it's like, okay, you're, you're, you're coming for our guns. You guys are idiots, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Because we there was uh, the whole rally that happened in Virginia, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. That people were like wigging out about it, going, "Oh, it's going to be a disaster. Armageddon's coming, and everything." And it's just like it's guys like you and me showing up with guns, you know. Well, and the and the funny part about it is, is not only was it peaceful, but they even picked up their trash when they left. <laughs> I know. It's like, look the. the Registered, trained, educated gun owners who are responsible are not the problem. And that's what we keep telling, you know, let's let all of us keep telling people, like, it's not us. All right. It's not us that is the problem. Um, this is uh, like what you're looking like. We follow all the rules. You can make 
the gun's illegal, all you're going to do is take it away from the people who follow the rules, you know? Um, and it, it was just hysterical because Virginia, I mean, is a state, whatever else, what other, other problems Virginia has, Virginia was founded on freedom and militias and, and the right to bear arms. And, and I mean, that's, as much as it is down here in the South, it is inbred into their DNA, you know? It's also funny because, you know, obviously not nearly as big as Texas, but for the East Coast, Virginia is a large state. Right. And right. what you had is the areas just around Washington, D.C., and then just around Richmond. And even then, Richmond is a bit of a stretch. All decided that they were going to make certain firearms illegal. And the entire rest of the state went no, no, don't think you are. Uh, and it wasn't. <laughs> and it wasn't even the entire rest of the state as far as just population, regular people. It was even the rest of the state government, different counties, all went well. Okay, you can make them illegal, but then we're just going to make ourselves a sanctuary county, which means we won't arrest anyone for a firearm. <laughs> it was and, so great. And what made everything crazy, what made everybody panic and worried is because uh, the the governor started threatening to send in the National Guard to take everyone's guns away from him. And it's – and as much as you get the gun-toting paranoia of, they're going to come and take my guns away from me out of my cold, dead hands, safe item, but to take your property without due process of law – yeah, that's a rather interesting precedent to, to create, whether it's over a firearm or anything else. Yeah, see, there's they they can't. I honestly think it's just posturing for the election, right? Uh, at least in some parts, because I I don't you can't you can't. First of all, if you tell a population that you're going to come for the, you're literally going to send armed people to their home to take their guns you are taking your lives and the lives of those servicemen in hand it, like unsupported un you know unrepresented uh, <laughs> all of that i mean like no debate no anything we're coming for you i'm sending the army i'm sending the military to your house to confiscate your firearms there are certain parts of the country, Texas being one, where that is effectively a declaration of war on the state, the population of the state, and they will defend themselves. I guarantee you anybody who does that in the United States, especially if you do it in the South, there are going to be lives lost, period, on both sides. Oh, absolutely. Um, you, can't, like, you, you can't do that, okay? Like, it doesn't work. People don't work that way. They will be pushed to a certain line, and that is it. And um, Virginia was, like, one of the worst states to try this in, too, because it's just steeped in their culture. Rebel. Freedom. We'll, we'll retreat to the hills. They'll come take our guns, like you're saying, over our dead body. You will not. We will not stand for that. I mean, it's... It's like a horribly bad idea, you know. Um, they can quote to you cite and versed amendments. They can do local laws, just like any responsible gun owner can. They know what's legal. They know why it's legal. They know where it is and how it happened and what statute to, to quote to make sure that they are legal. Um, just declaring, hey, you're now uh, criminals. We're coming for you today. 
I actually have a funny story about that one. I, it was, and this was basically from my younger brother. He was over at a friend's house who lives in a rather rural area, and his friend had purchased a new firearm. It was a revolver of some fashion or form. And they went out back, measured out 200 yards from the house. Sure. And which is what it is in Maryland state law, and started, you know, shooting the gun. Yeah, and one of the neighbors called the police. Of course. And it was – I'm just picturing it because I wasn't there, but I'm picturing the look on the cop's face when he comes over and starts talking to them, and the response is, but I'm within – I'm not within 200 feet of any residence or home – excuse me, 200 yards of any residence or home. And the cop actually had to call in to confirm <laughs> that. And then had to say, I'm sorry, and went away. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're shooting on your land. But so, so the idea of, once again, the firearm owners know what they should and shouldn't be doing, or I'll rephrase, the responsible firearm owners uh, should know what they should and shouldn't be doing, where they should and shouldn't be doing it. Uh, it's not us. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And I loved the fact that nothing happened. They refused to anti-protest against them because they, they all were armed. <laughs> um, there's just uh, like people, oh, we're going to show up. We're going to show them what's going on. I'm like, no, you're not. Because <laughs> what every one of them have is guns. Um, but, I mean, it, it's just. I, I cannot believe that this country has kind of gotten to some of the, the things that it uh, gotten up to some of the things that it's done. Because it's just, you look at it and you're just like, well, that was stupid. Uh, but um, there, to me, it's, in, and especially over things, like if you're going to pick something to be upset about, they're picking all the wrong firearms, right? Because the people who... Uh, the people the, who, are, who, who don't want the brand don't know anything about them. Right. Right. Um, and you can watch the things they say, you know, it's just like I held this gun. It's extremely heavy. It's like it's an AR-15. It's it's polymer gun. It's yeah, not. It's, it, it's, it's plastic. The only thing on the thing that's metal is the barrel. That's yeah, it. it's uh, it's not heavy. <laughs> the bullet is huge. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's a little bit of a longer version it's, of a twenty two. It's actually one of the smallest rifle bullets available in the United States. It's uh, it's pretty tiny. <laughs> you know? It's as big as my hand. I'm like, mm, no, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I got a big kick out of the whole thing. Um, I, I just, uh, and and you know, all this is going on, and the shot show's going on out in Vegas. You know, and it, yeah, I, it's it's just hysterical. Um, but I I did see to to get back to that. I did see uh, some of the things which I thought were interesting, like uh, Mossberg. The, the Mossberg is is famous, at least to me, is really getting known in in uh, as far as American manufacturers, um, as kind of you know a streetwise innovator. You know, um, I don't happen to like it, but they came out with the the five ninety M or the M five ninety. You know, with a clip fed. Yeah gun um i don't see a need for it but that uh, i mean it's obviously very popular people like them it's it's it, it, but it's 
it's a different situation. It's, right. Uh, if if you're if you're out in the backyard shooting clays, you're right. There's zero benefit to yeah, having five I don't, rounds in a exactly versus five rounds up into the tube magazine. However, if you are in a defense, combative, law enforcement power situation, the idea of being able to drop a clip and put another one on versus having to uh, do one of those fancy four-round reloads that John Wick can do, um, uh, yeah, it's, that's I, a better way to go. And, and somebody brought that to my attention the other day that we were arguing about the the M590, and, and he's like, you know what, for a sportsman, and he, and he admitted that, you know, he's like, look, for a sportsman, there is no reason to have that. You can't, like, if you were going hunting, you couldn't have more than three rounds in the gun anyway, at least in our state, right? You, It's three rounds. You get two you know, two in the pipe and or uh, one in the pipe and two in the the mag. So you couldn't have you couldn't even fill up the clip. And if you're hunting in the state of Texas with that, but he's like, it's not for sportsmen. It's not obviously not for clay shooting. It's obviously not for trap or skeet. What it is is he goes, it's a it's a law enforcement gun. You know, just like you're saying, it's it's for law enforcement to to put firepower down range a lot of it and be able to reload quickly so that they can continue putting fire down range when they need to. And for a law enforcement mainline long gun, you know, for a riot gun or whatever it is you want to call it, this is the perfect weapon. Okay? It's easy to reload, it carries more shots, it it completely removes the one criticism that law enforcement and people in the defense or or active shooter situations say is the detriment of shotguns, which is the limited am- ammunition capacity. And they're taking that a step further. And once again, has absolutely zero benefit to the sporting world. Correct. But the advent of all of the bullpups that you see out there, that's making it easier that to is... go room to room with yeah. uh, a shotgun versus... Uh, once again, something with a longer barrel versus actually having to take something and cut it down. You still have the long barrel, but you've got something that's more maneuverable. Yeah, I mean, you still got an 18-inch barrel. And most of them, I mean, like a bullpup rifle or a bullpup uh, shotgun is, I mean, the barrel is actually pretty small um, in comparison to shotgun barrels. Because, I mean, shotgun barrel can be up to 32 inches long. Um, they but, don't put but, those but, on a bullpup. You, yeah, but but even then, a, a you know a tactical uh, shotgun barrel is only eighteen and a half typically. Right. So you you get down to an eighteen inch barrel. Are you going to be sporting with this? No. Again, that's not what it's for. Right. It's for a defense situation, police and riot guns and and um, those those kind of close quarters combat situation, combat or defense situations. Bullpup is amazing. Um, a lot of militaries, or at least some militaries, are moving to bullpup rifles. Uh, the French swear by them. You know, uh, there's... The Israelis. Yeah, the Israelis as well. Oh, and I'm going to make a completely outside comment after watching a million videos about um, uh, from Chacho and seeing all the Israeli manufacturers. Israeli gun female saleswomen are hot. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and God, man, like, Israelis, like, you know, you don't believe us? Go look at Gal Gadot. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but um, uh, every time they walked up to an Israeli manufacturer, uh, you know, you, you walk up to an American manufacturer, and you typically have some guy who looks like me, about 300 pounds, bearded, um, you know, holding his gun, talking about how, yeah. exactly. Knows now, his stuff. 
you look at one of the Eastern European manufacturers, and what they're usually are is tall, skinny, and very difficult to understand. Right. You get to the Israeli manufacturers. It's like this, every yeah. every one of them had what an absolutely beautiful woman touting their firearms. Yes, a breathtakingly beautiful woman who telling you about firearms. If this isn't a recipe for selling guns, I don't know what the hell it is. Um, because she's very knowledgeable. She can handle what's going on. She knows all about her product, and my God, is she easy to look at. Um, but one of, the, one of them, her name was even Joy. <laughs> yes, 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 you are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mossberg has... That is uh, besides the point. It Sorry, is a I little bit. Mossberg has uh, come out with, uh, you know, they they did the M590. They've done the Shockwave, which I thought was innovative. Also, wouldn't I, I don't want one. Um, but uh, one they did come out with this year that I thought was super interesting was the uh, Mossberg 500 Turkey 410 pump. Yeah. I was like... Oh my God, that's awesome! Um, I I just uh, uh, the 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 Turkish guns and, and a lot of people rag on Turkish guns. Okay, um, it's a it's a relatively like you, you normally people feel one way or the other about Turkish made firearms. Um, and it is funny how many amazingly well constructed firearms come out of the Middle East. Turkey, well, part of the Middle East, and Eastern Europe. And get crapped upon. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and some of them are, some of them deserve to be, I mean, there, there are some that, that are not well made. Okay, I, I am completely there with you. I've seen them. I've had them. I, I couldn't wait to get rid of them. But I, man, I, I've had some CZs and some, some other Turkish-made guns, and they're just solid as a rock. Um, I, I really can't complaining. Uh, hmm. uh, I've also had some Russian stuff. I got a bicycle sitting right behind me. It's, uh, it's one of, it's my favorite over and under. I sold all my other over and unders cause I love the bicycle. Um, it's a great gun. So, uh, uh, even then to take it over into the tactical side, if you get a, a Kalashnikov from one of the reputable, uh, manufacturers in, in Eastern Europe, you can use the thing as a club and then turn around and still fire it, and it's still going to fire. Yeah, it uh, still it, will work. <laughs> I, it, they, they are made to be brutalized and used by people who actually don't really know how to use them. Yeah. Uh, so how, how much better do you get? <laughs> It's it's like, mm, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that's gonna work, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here, the TriStar. Now a lot of people will crap on a TriStar as well. Um, no, and those those are the ones that are basically um, mock-ups of the CZs, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 a, a cheap man CZ. Um, I've shot TriStars. Not a damn thing wrong with the one I had in my hand. Uh, it was an over and under. Uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the new Trinity that came out, but, um, I, you know, it was a solid gun. I, I put a couple hundred rounds through it. It was just as solid all day as it could be. Um, I mean, the, just because, and, and that's another thing, you know, like a lot of people have a tendency to go towards the bees, right? You got your Beretta, your Benelli, your, you know, all the, all the ones that, that you know, Browning, you know, that, that you know, oh, this is a quality gun. But there's a lot of great stuff out there that isn't necessarily very expensive and will shoot all day and be a great shooter for you. 
just their will and and it, you can get in and out of it with no problem and it's it's an amazing gun um same thing we talked about before it's the difference between buying a porsche or a ferrari or buying a toyota or a honda yeah yeah um they've they've got uh they, i mean they just really had a lot mossberg also came out with a uh, uh an sa410 field gun which uh, you know what? A lot in four tens. A lot of people are are um, crap on four tens, right? Because uh, they're expensive to shoot. They are for Actually, some. That's the only reason why we crap on a four ten. Yeah, I mean they're cheap. they're expensive to shoot. All right, I don't know why that is. <laughs> it's well, you, I mean, I mean, it's when it comes down to availability and in, in use of ammo, it's no different than why is a three eighty more expensive than nine millimeter, which is a bigger bullet. Yeah. It's true. Um, now, I'll say this: in the last couple of years, 380 ammunition has come down because a lot of people are going are moving to a 380. They're becoming oh, wildly more popular than they were because of again that aforementioned pistol um, evolution and, and kind of uh, development for the 380 caliber. Um, they realized that a lot of people were trying to do concealed carry. Nine millimeters were big for at least half the people who carry them, i.e., women. Uh, so they started developing these beautifully crafted small 380s that that uh, even uh, bigger guys were like, you know, that's a nice gun. And 380 became popular again. Uh, 410s are really with the ad- and this is my personal opinion, right? With the advent of of 410 pistols, 410 revolvers, you know, like Taurus led the way with this. Bond Arms did the same thing, right? Like this could be used in a handgun. And yeah. people really got interested in the 410 round again. Uh, now it's kind of cycling back around to shotguns. Like, hey, you know, we know you got 410 in the in the house. Why don't we use some of these specialty loads or some of these bigger loads or some of these things to start putting and putting all of these new technologies on an old 410 platform synthetic the whole thing out put a big ramp on it put some nice fiber optic sights on it uh we'll we'll do uh some some uh you know nice coated steel so you don't have to worry about it you take it out into the bush and you know suddenly you've got a really nice platform for 410 that you could shoot skeet with you could give to your kid and they could beat the crap out of it when they're 16 because they don't know any better and you have a beautifully crafted little little 410 system automatic that they can yeah, they can go hunting with it they can shoot skeet with it they can do anything they need the upland game they can do anything they want with these new 410 loads and it just kind of works actually i recently read an article on how even squirrel hunting is coming back yeah oh I, that's uh, you know what and it's funny because i live down in texas of course and squirrel hunting is and has been a time-honored tradition down here <laughs> for Ever, you know, squirrel and rabbit hunting. I had some family in Alabama when I was younger, and I and, and yeah, I remember squirrel hunting. Though, though they were, unless they lied to me, they were never nice enough to actually feed me squirrel. <laughs> now I was pretty young; I could have been sitting there eating squirrel, going, "Mmm, it's good chicken." But uh, uh, yeah. But I mean, they've got these guns, and 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 you can bring with the with the four ten ammunition. You can bring down if it's legal. You can shoot turkey. With a 410, you know, because yeah. they have more powerful rounds now for it. And this is a $600 automatic synthetic state-of-the-art shotgun 
that you can give your kid and it will last forever. This is this is not your grandpa's 410. You know what I mean? Um, this is not a a uh, you know a weapon system that you would have seen when you were a kid. They they have much better things out now than they used to. Um, Savage of all people came out with the Renegade, uh, which oh, I, I missed that one. Yeah, uh, that one is a little bit different. Um, it's it, it's obviously a hunting gun, right? It's an automatic. It's it's completely uh, uh, real tree covered, and I don't know if it's actually a real tree, but it looks like real tree. It's the it's the camo dipped uh, uh, style, um, big big hunting gun, right? Uh, but it's it's as far as I know, it's the the Renegade is Savage's first ever semi automatic shotgun. Uh, it's got fluted barrels. It's got a, a new gas system. It's it, it basically is a duck gun. It is their first, honest to god, automatic, full sized, full featured duck gun. And if you know anything about Savage, Savage is is very smart. They get kind of a bad name. Oh, it's a Savage. You know, it's going to fall apart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's and to be fair, there is precedent for that. However, um, when you're talking about a full duck gun, all right, um, most people, if you're going to a duck blind, because it's important, because you don't get to shoot it very often, uh, if you're duck hunting, you get one shot at a flock of birds, right? You may only have one all day. They don't tend to wait around, right? Um, and they're they're moving quick. They're high up. You need you need to get them and get on target and and take your shot. And you're probably only gonna get one, right? You do not take a weapon. So it's not like shooting clay. It's where it's like ah, I don't know. Pull another one. We'll see what happens. It isn't like that. Okay, <laughs> you may get one two all day. Um, I don't know what the hell it did here. Let me put another round through. All right, throw another one. We'll see what happens. You know, it isn't like that. Like we don't care. You know when we're doing it. But when you're taking a gun duck hunting. It better work, and it better be on, and it better be great. So they tend to be a bit more expensive. That and the, you know they got a bigger barrel. They normally do the three chamber, three inch chamber. You know, three inch shells. It's a bigger gun. Um, you're talking mm, somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen hundred to two grand uh, for those, and normally more than that. To be honest, for a really good duck gun, uh, this one starts at fourteen hundred. You know, the really good model uh, of the Savage Renegade is 15, right? So it's an inexpensive full-featured duck gun for something that you would normally get, like a Beretta or a Benelli or something like that for it. They they now have a, a, an option. And if this, if you are, are Beretta and Benelli and not scared, you should take another look. Because once Savage moves into an area... The manufacturing they have, um, normally they'll flood they'll flood the market on you. <laughs> they will. They'll they'll price their gun a third cheaper than yours, and they'll just outsell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but, just. But, but you know how the Italians are. It's the same thing that they do with cars. It's nah, this is a Bernetti. You know, yeah, we, and we, it does we, work. We for don't them. stoop to that. Yeah, it's it's like Ferrari. You know, it's like oh, you know, you need this. You know, and. That works in a lot of places, 
not really down south here in the States. <laughs> well, that's nice. I got a fat Remington for the last 40 years. I'm going to go with that, you know, or whatever it is. So um, there's there's a lot of stuff in the new Shasha, like the, uh, the new um, uh, Satori White Lightning came out. Gorgeous. Um, Browning. Of course, if you know anything about over and unders, the Satori is basically, uh, again, in my opinion, it is the benchmark for finely crafted over and unders in the United States. All right. In England, it's going to be something different. Here, we have the Brown and Satori. <laughs> uh, there's, uh, and, you know, like in, in, like you're saying, Europe, they're going to go with a Frankie, right? Yeah, uh, it's they just are <laughs> okay. It looks almost exactly the same, you know. Like we mentioned earlier, an SLX is which is Frankie's premier kind of over and under with extended chokes. It's 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 what what's happening over there. Not even close to the same as the Satori as far as the way the mystique it has over here. Like the the Frank doesn't really have the the SLX doesn't have the the well, uh, yeah, considering the fact that I had never even heard of the brand. Right. Um, they don't have the legacy that Browning does, especially not in the States, because, of course, John Browning designed something, and people are going to, in the States, especially in the South, they're going to listen. Um, the SLX, not so much, but it's a beautiful gun. Beautiful gun. Um, I mean, they've, they've got side-by-sides. They've got all kinds of So there was really, plus all the bullpup action that happened, Um and and just about everybody is starting to come up with a bullpup. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot. I I love the the honcho tri barrel. Um, that oh, was hysterical. That thing was, that thing was funny. Uh, that was hysterical. It looks like something you'd see from dusk till dawn. They've got you know the shorties. You know they've got because uh, 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 once Mossberg came out with the shockwave, I think everybody went, oh crap, we're behind. You know what I mean? Well, what you're finding with that, as well as a lot of other firearms manufacturers for different things, is looking at the National Firearms Act and looking at the wording and finding ways around it. Yeah, yeah, Mos- uh, yeah. Because you, you got Mossberg who created the, the shockwave, which was how to create a little uh, a shotgun with a 14-inch barrel without having it to have to be an NFA SBS. Right. Um. So you're finding a lot of that also even with uh, now that the big thing is becoming the submachine guns or the uh, PDWs, personal defense weapons, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which are, once again, they're looking at different ways of creating stocks and barrels so that you're getting around the NFA. One of the things that I knew had existed but I hadn't actually seen until I was paying attention to SHOT Show this year was even something around the whole – uh, automatic fire and bump stock concept, which is a uh, a, a a trigger that would fire not only when you pull the trigger, but when you release the trigger as well. Yeah, yeah. And considering the fact that that's considered each each thing is considered a separate action, it's not considered an automatic weapon. Yeah, and they're they're. Uh... And you knew that they were going to get to this, you know. I mean, you knew that like any any time you deal with a set of rules, you're going to find ways to be creative with those rules. Uh, and you, and a lot of these guns are kind of deliberate reactions to that type of thing. I mean, 
as soon as they came out with with the small 14 inch barrel in in the the shockwave, then they immediately came out with the nightstick, right? Which is the five nine. The, so they took the five ninety platform and said, "Yeah, all right, uh, let's stick a clip in it." And uh, do some, uh, so you you've got some of that. Remington's also in the game with the VT or uh, V three tack thirteen. Uh- well, they—that's where you've—that's the next step that's gone into a lot of them, and you've got uh, Remington, Black Aces, Tactical, and a couple of other companies who started making the uh, the small shotguns and semi-automatic. Yeah, um, and those are very fun and interesting. They are. Uh, it is. It is a different. It is a different type of weapon system as far as how they've been constructed in the past. Because once you get something out and once you figure out, you know, we got this other thing, we can change this slightly and make a completely different style of of delivery, you're you're going to get some interesting things coming on. Uh, we mentioned the honcho. Uh, before, honcho's got an entire line of this stuff. They've got the tri-barrel, and they've got the automatic, and they've got the automatic clip-fed. They've got the automatic tube-fed. They've got the, you know... This is this is what you're seeing. It is an evolution, and I think, to me, and I and I could be completely wrong about this. Okay, but to me, I I can't decide which one's which. Right? Because in uh, let me give you a, an analogy. In pistols, you had the 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 Taurus system, the Judge, right? Revolver yeah. with shotgun rounds. But before that, they had the Bond Arms. And Bond Arms was like, look, we'll make a Derringer with shotgun rounds. Now, uh, the clear winner to me is Taurus, right? Like, I'm going to put five rounds in your hand. It's going to never fail. It's going to be completely, you know, uh, uh, reliable. And, you know, you can have it in a pistol. Blew the Bond Arms out of the water. Now, Bond Arms is still a fine gun. I happen to have a Bond Arms, not because I bought it, um, but because uh, I needed something, and that's what I you know, wound up with because I had one in the family. Um, Taurus was clearly the winner of that. For small, shortened, um, home defense kind of, of shortened shotgun uh, platforms, I think... The the short stubbies, you know, the the Mossberg, you know, or the uh, the Shockwave kind of uh, shortened stock nub handled guns are going to be competing completely with the bullpups. Uh, oh, absolutely! And I don't know who's going to win with that. I have the feeling the shorties are going to win out because they're cheaper. To oh, be honest, not not only are they cheaper, but even then, when you're talking about a home defense concept versus a uh, shall we say urban environment room clearing concept, which is the bullpup is awesome for that. Yeah. Um, for as far as just home defense, the bullpup, even though where the grip is on the firearm is changed to make it feel like a smaller firearm, it is still the same damn size. It is still relatively big. Yeah. So the weight's different, and you can swing yeah, it fast. Oh, absolutely, but it's still the same physical side, whereas, uh, you know, somebody who's paranoid like me can keep a Mossberg shockwave in a little thing next to the bed, and, yeah, it's easy. It's a small, completely contained, completely reliable stick of death, you know, 
uh, in a defense situation. And I think that's really what you want, what you need. Uh, if that's what you're keeping it for, a, a shorty is, is really going to be the way to go with that. The bull pups are just neat, though. Um, they, they look cool. The weight distribution is interesting. You know, uh, most of the action happens forward of the breach. Um, it's, it's just, it's just a neat concept. Um, you know, the, I was looking at, uh, the Charles Daly, uh, bullpup. I mean, the thing looks like it's from the future. I mean, it really does. I mean, all of them do the Keltec, uh, also, um, uh, I can't, I can't wrap my brain around Keltec, but, um, I mean, let's put it this way. When I suddenly recognized that that's where the shotguns that they were firing at Deadpool at the end of the movie, I suddenly went, oh, my God, is Francis having a bad money day? He bought all Keltex for his guys? Come on. Yeah, I'm afraid I can't. I, I've shot one once. I, I didn't like it. That doesn't mean it's the bad gun. It just means maybe I wasn't ready for a bullpup or maybe I wasn't ready for a mostly synthetic bullpup lightweight shotgun i i i don't know what to tell you um my problem was like you're saying it's 26 inches it's awful big for a small shotgun um i i don't know i maybe i just couldn't get there from here um and most of the bullpups are actually semi-automatic you're finally yeah they're coming up with a bunch of a couple of them out there that are uh pump action again uh, because to get within to the legal ranges of places like Maryland, New Jersey, New York, and California. Um, but most of them are semi-automatic. Yeah. Uh, most of them are that step forward. Uh, what we were talking about earlier today, today that was funny that pistols, on the other hand, are taking a step backwards to some extent. Uh, you know, I, did you see that they uh, that Colt put out the the Cobra again? Oh my God! It is or the the Colt Python. You mean Python? That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah sorry, I did, and I just I was so happy for it. Um, and you know now, what? This now, l- they, now they innovated the trigger a little bit, and it's made with some new alloys to make it a little bit lighter than the original Python, but it's the same damn gun. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're seeing a lot of things coming out, like uh, C- CZ's uh, latest uh, pistol is actually a combination between a CZ-75 grip and a 1911 slide, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and the slide made by Dan Wessing. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of the... Uh, it, once again, is what we talked about earlier with the going to the uh, people on your shooting teams and saying what's working or looking how they're modifying their own firearms. Uh, a lot of the different pistol companies came out with a match-grade firearm uh, that had a – whether it was a aluminum, stainless steel, or like SIG did a – composite between polymer and aluminum, like an an aluminum-infused polymer or something of that nature, to start making the firearm a little bit heavier. And they even had the P210 that came out from uh, SIG, which is once again going back to a solid steel frame uh, firearm. And what they were finding is, is that you've got people, now I can't do this, but you've got the people who know how to do it, who were actually hitting accurately with a pistol at 100 yards. Yeah. I mean, and, and we're talking like dead accurate. 
Not not like, oh, they can actually hit some. No. Putting it on a quarter at 100 yards. And I, it's amazing. You know, it really is. And I think a lot of a lot of people aren't aware that some of the, the technology that was built um, previous to this was actually good technology. Now, we got obsessed with clip-loading firearms, but they're you know because they're faster because you can put you know carry more ammunition you can reload it faster and and all that stuff but but for accuracy that may not have been all the end all be all for it i mean look at for instance take the colt python for instance you know colt brought back and i think a couple of reasons precipitated this one is if you go to any gun show for any length of time um, you'll see the revolver guys. You know, the revolver guys are are always a little bit different, right? The revolver guys are always looking for some. Like I, I have been that guy. My brother is that guy currently. Um, I, I've always liked revolvers. Um, they're first of all, they're cool. Second of all, they they're very stable as far as you know. They will never jam on you. They will never you know. Uh, just some of the things that you have with automatic weapons, you just don't have with revolvers. The other thing you have is, um, first of all, the last couple of years, Taurus has been, Taurus and Ruger have been cleaning house with all the revolvers that they've been coming out with. And I still want a Kiapa Rhino. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're raking money hand over fist. Now, it's not the automatic market, but they've kind of locked the box on a lot of the revolvers coming out because they can get the features that they want in a Taurus, in a Ruger, relatively cheap, cheaply because you couldn't find a Colt Python, right? The Colt Pythons were going for obscene amounts of money. Because one, they didn't make them anymore. Two, it was a wonderfully stable platform to shoot from. And three, nobody had any problems with them. It didn't hurt also that it was a beautiful gun. And it, But it even reached that point where you talked about uh, last time, which was you got some of those firearms that had become so expensive that they no longer became fireable. That's right. where the, the Colt Pythons had started to become, was they were now becoming collector's items, not actual usable firearms. Right, and people wouldn't let them go, not because they enjoyed shooting them, but because they were too damn valuable. That's exactly right. They were just too damn valuable. They wouldn't let them go. Uh, a, a, a Colt Python with a big, you know, six or eight inch bull barrel on it will cost you as much as a small car, you know, and you know, used car, but small used car. You know, you can buy a used Kia for what that thing would cost you. So it was getting obscene, and Colt finally went, you know, we have the patent for this. We can bring it back, and they finally decided that, you know, they'll redo, they redid some stuff. They redid the, the rear sight. Like you said, they did some trigger work, but um, they're bringing back a six-inch barrel. Um, they're bringing back the walnut grip, like the whole thing in stainless and black, uh, all that. I mean, 1500 bucks, which you can't touch. An original Colt Python for fifteen hundred bucks right now, couldn't touch it. So they brought it back at the right price point. They brought it back at the right caliber, which is three fifty seven. That's the one everybody wanted. You know, um, they are listening. Uh, I think you mentioned, um, did you not? The uh, Kimber K six came out. I, I actually I did not. I hadn't made it there yet. Uh, yeah, the the Kimber K six is is basically a slab sided. Uh, revolver also in 357. Uh, it, my brother's a big fan of Kimber. 
Uh, he he did, loves did their stuff. Ever out what your, did we ever figure out what your brother bought again last week? No, and he hasn't told me yet. He did buy something, and he won't tell me what the hell it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing next time we go to shoot, it'll just show up out of a bag somewhere. Be like, oh my god, what is that? You know. Uh, so I'm sure it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I I actually tend to get the same response because it, it with with my brother it's kind of like, oh, what, what have you got new this time? Right. And he's got he's got the he's still got the same Glock 19 that he bought a couple of years ago, and he's been happy as can be with it. Now it's a little bit more difficult to purchase a new firearm in the state of Maryland as it is in Delaware. But uh, every time it's kind of like, oh no no, this is the one I'm keeping this one. He looks at me like, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, there's, there's, uh, and you know, they've got trends going the other way too. Uh, they, uh, you know, not just the big, the big boom revolvers and big boom guns. Uh, they've noticed that people are trying to shoot more and they're, they, you know, people enjoy shooting or will start shooting if they're, if they can get into it inexpensively and shoot relatively inexpensive ammunition. And you've got a lot of new 22s coming out. Right. Taurus just brought out the 942. Uh, which is a 22 caliber or 22 long rifle caliber um, revolver, snub nose revolver, and it. I mean, there's no other word for it. It, it looks adorable. Um, there, uh, but it's it's well, it, and even Glock of all people came out with the Glock 44, which is for all intents and purposes a 22 caliber Glock 19. Right. You know, and this, I mean, the the Taurus is is MSRP. On the four nine or the nine four two is three hundred and sixty bucks. So you know you're going to be able to pull it for three forty, three fifty. You know, no problem at a show. Yeah. So uh, maybe even three twenty five, and to get into a, a nice, well crafted, chunky snub nose revolver for three hundred and fifty bucks. That is basically flaw. I mean, it's silver coated. Um, so you're not going to have to worry about rust. It's, it's got a rubber grip, so it's going to be super grippy. It's a double action, uh, revolver. I, I mean, with a two inch barrel, eight shot cylinder. I mean, if you want a 22 revolver, just get that, you know? Oh, it's, it's in one of those, what more could you ask for? Sort of yeah. If, if you wanted a revolver and 22 long rifle that was completely worry free, there you go. It's inexpensive, you know, here, have it, shoot it forever. Well, you know, in my recent searches, I found out one of the things is that I didn't know that, that Taurus made a 1911 or yeah. basically a mock-up of the Beretta 92. I didn't. Oh, do they? Yeah. It's almost identical. Taurus Beretta. 92. It's actually it's actually just called the Taurus ninety two. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. Taurus ninety Taurus Beretta ninety two. P T ninety two. Yeah, and 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 not exactly not especially with the uh, the Beretta mock up, but their nineteen eleven is higher rated than a Kimber. Look. Gone are the days where you turn your nose up at a Taurus. I'm sorry. I, you know, make a if, fine if it, gun. I, I, I've said it before. If I actually could get my brain around the, the trigger on a G2C, I'd have one. It's <laughs> it, it's it's because it's not it's not by no means a bad firearm. It is very well reviewed. It's just if you're it's got a very very strange trigger on it, and it's got a purpose to it. Normally with a semi-automatic firearm, if the 
bullet in the of the round in the chamber doesn't fire, you have to eject it. You have no opportunity to strike it again. Sure. Uh, the actual uh, the Taurus trigger will allow you to do that. Now, it always ends up being a trigger that's got a very, very different feel than most of your semi-automatic triggers. But it, once again, if that works for you, it's actually a wonderful firearm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's... Uh, in, and that's the part oh, I and, think... And, and I'll interrupt, a wonderful firearm for 250 bucks. Yeah, and that's the other thing, right? You, you can step into a Taurus and see if you like it. For not a lot of money, you know, and and normally because it's a Taurus, if you don't, someone else will buy it from you, you know, or you can sell it and not really get hurt, you know, as far as cash goes. Even if they give you, you know, even if they give you a discounted rate, which they will, um, well, that didn't work out. I'm out fifty bucks. <laughs> and, and even and even then, as much as people like to poo poo Taurus. Uh, it's actually got one of, if not the best warranty on the market today. No matter what happens with your firearm, they will fix it for you. Yeah, that that goes a long way. Yeah, because you can't say that with other manufacturers. I won't name names, but Trojer, um, <laughs> um, there's uh, th that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I so I, I'm actually considering you know. I have unfortunately been talking to Sean for too long, and now all of my <laughs> tactical concepts I've started. Now now that I have all of my purpose-built handguns, I've actually started looking at things at aesthetic value as well. Oh, yeah. Now that's, all, that's all Sean's fault. So <laughs> I've been looking at 1911s, and that's actually where I came into the fact that Taurus made them because obviously – well, not obviously. I just don't have twelve to $1,500 to put down on a 1911. Which is, if you're looking at something like a Kimber, a Sig, Smith & Wesson, 1911, that's generally the price range you're looking at. Yeah. And as I started looking at some of the lesser expensive ones, you've got Rock Island, Rock Island Armory, who makes a, a, a decent firearm. Um, uh, European Tactical Imports brings in a couple of the Eastern European versions of the 1911. And Taurus makes a $400 1911 that is, once again rated wonderfully yeah yeah i mean and there's actually a lot of folks or a lot of manufacturers who who make a a 1911 you know taurus is one of those uh you know because they've got the what is it called the commander i think um cimarron makes one it's 450 bucks uh that's that's basically clones the uh the government uh model um god there's a witness elite uh, there's a uh, Rock Island, as you said, what makes one. And I, the Rock Island, I almost bought one at a show a couple of weeks ago because it was used. It was there. Um, it was, I think, I don't know, three hundred seventy-five dollars, something like that. It had some scratches on it. Um, what I would probably do is send the slide away to be recoded and uh, okay. uh, redone, maybe even polished. Uh, just polish the whole thing up, um, and you know you can. You can go and get, because it's a 1911, you can go and get parts from all kinds of places. So you can replace the trigger in it. You can replace, you know, the sights on it. You can, you know, because I think they're the uh, the standard FS has got dovetail sights on it. So, yeah, replace that. You know, replace the trigger. Replace, and just 
put together the pieces that you want on it, you know, replace the, the, the grip lock, um, all, all of those that are the grip safety, um, you can replace all those things with high dollar stuff and, you know, a piece at a time and wind up with something that's much more like a higher end gun built to your spec exactly the way you want it. Replace the grips, replace all the other stuff that you want to do. And for under, you know, 600 bucks or 700 bucks, you can get something that functions more like a 12 to $1,500 firearm. Exactly. And that and because, ain't bad. And, but because this is all your fault, you are going to be <laughs> a set of grips for me. <laughs> I would be happy to, sir. Would be happy to do it's several pairs. Uh, it doesn't matter. This is this is because this is your fault. <laughs> this, is, this is you got me into this. I was happy with black polymer on everything, and then I started talking to you about firearms. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I I do tend to ruin people like that. It's like, yeah, but look how pretty this is. It's like, well, mine isn't pretty. It works and stuff, but <laughs> well, shit. <you> know? <laughs> Yeah, I have had that effect on people uh, from time to time. Uh, it's just because, you know, there's no reason you need to shoot something ugly. I mean, yeah, I get the, the I mean, I get a service weapon or I get a concealed carrier or, you know, like this is the the height of efficiency. I'm like, yeah, it is. Well, and, and, and it's ugly. And, <laughs> and that's the basic justification that I've given to myself was, okay, I've got my, you know, I've got my ankle firearm. I've got my hip firearm. I've got my in my bag firearm. I've got my next to the bed firearm. And, and, and yes, these are all, for the most part, black polymer tactical style firearms. So now I'm looking at okay, what do I want to buy just because it's fun. And unfortunately, pretty goes into fun, too. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, and that's, and that's why I arrived at my black and gold blinged out Bursa. It's like, well, yeah, I'm going to get a pistol, but I don't want it to be boring. You know, <laughs> like, this is crappy. I don't, I don't want it boring. It's not cool. So, you know, does it look like a Beretta or a, a uh, uh, does it look like a Walther? Yeah, it kind of looks like a Walther. You know, it's kind of cool. It's a lot cheaper than a Walther. Like, can we do anything else with it? Let's make it pretty. Oh, they've got a black and gold one. Let's do that. And you can. I mean, you can do all that. And it works. And it's awesome. I, to me, that's what firearms should be. And again, I, I, you know, but that's the exact opposite of somebody who carries one for a living. Like my wife. My wife carries one for a living. She didn't care about all that crap. You know? She's like, no. Does it work? Can I pull the slide? You know? Well, also a different purpose on that one. You're not going to uh, stop in front of the suspected, you know, felon and go, look, it's pretty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Put your hands up. Aren't you glad this thing looks great? You know, don't move. Otherwise, I'm going to have to use it. But, you know, look, look at the carving on this grip. Is this not sexy? <laughs> no, of As course you're not going to do that. You're not going to have to go to prison and say that you were, you know, captured by a boring firearm. That's right. Uh, so I, I mean, I get it. I really do. But for me, having an ugly gun, like I can, I still can't stand my my father's nineteen. You know, his Glock nineteen. Um, I. Eh. Well, but also when we were talking about the the onset concept of listening to what people are asking for, Glock is, for all intents and purposes, the Apple of 
firearms. You'll the get what we give you. <laughs> and you'll like it, damn it. <laughs> you will be fanatical about it. They are. And that's a good analogy. You know, Glock is very much the apple of the firearm world. It's like, look here. We've done every. You shouldn't have to do any thinking. Why would you want to modify it? You know, why would you want to do. Here, look, you can, you know. And, of course, one of the biggest things out there is modifying Glocks and trying to make them prettier. And they really have to go far away about it. Because Glock is not going to do any of that crap themselves. No, we did it perfectly. Just do it like this, you know. We gave you the perfect gun. Now you're all you're doing now is screwing it up, uh, which is why I think there's a huge aftermarket for Glocks, right? Yeah, because most people bought into the concept, right? And then and, they're and, like, and, 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 and I and that's not a derogatory statement. I know that kind of comes off as such because I bought into it for a while myself. I just and it had nothing to do with appearance or shootability. I, well, actually, it was shootability. Was I'm say, just yeah, not comfortable. I'm just not comfortable shooting a Glock. But I sure as hell tried to be. What's funny is I I think a lot of them don't realize what they're doing and saying when they're doing it, right? Because they'll go, I got a Glock. It's like, oh, yeah, it's the perfect firearm. It's the best ever. None, you know, it's perfect. I'm just going to change everything about it. Going to get a different trigger for it. These sights suck balls. I'm going to have to fix those. And, they, you know, and they, they go through, and it's like, oh, man, this this ejection lever, this really is not good. We're going to have to fix that. And and they go, it's perfect, and I've modified the crap out of it. And it's like, now it's like for me, you know, and it's like they don't realize that they're saying, now it, like, functions like every other gun out there. <laughs> like, better, you know. And what's what's funny, and you can do this to a Glock guy, and you'll appreciate this. Once they modify a Glock enough, it be- you begin to figure out that they're making it shoot and feel like a SIG, which is, oh. t- to me, hysterical. <laughs> yeah. It's like, huh, that looks and feels almost exactly like the SIG sitting right next to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's completely different. I'm really, really? Because you put a SIG style trigger on it and SIG style sights and SIG magwell and SIG, you know. Huh. This, um, this looks and shoots like a SIG now. <laughs> and I, I would like to think that that was their, you know, guiding principle and what they were trying to accomplish, but. It, it wasn't like that until the 320s came out. The yeah. 320s, which was SIG's answer to the polymer striker-fired firearm. Right. Um, the original 226s, 229s were, uh, you know, steel, uh, hammer-fired, you know, wonderfully accurate and easy-to-maintain firearms. But, uh, you know, that's what they were. They weren't what was commonly appealing to people today, which is a polymer frame striker fire firearm. Right. But they kind of gave people what Glock wasn't when they came out with the 320. A it, heavily modifiable and on purpose modifiable. Oh, you want you, you don't you're not comfortable with this grip? Oh, change you can pull the entire thing yeah. off and put another one on. Change all of it. We don't care. Everything you want. Here. Uh, it, it, you know, we're going to put a good trigger on it. Uh you oh, you want a flat face trigger? Fine. You can buy one with a flat face trigger instead. Uh, and it was, and that's basically everything that Glock isn't. Right, right. It's it's they're really out Glocking Glock is is what they're doing. Now, and, now the now the one thing I will say that I complain about Sig is they tend to use 
their customers as their beta testers. They, they <laughs> tend to true. just throw something out there and go, "Oh, that doesn't work." Okay, we'll start manufacturing so this happens. Then we'll start ma- so. But if so, if you you don't typically want to buy the first model of a Sig that comes out. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like buying the first year of a Porsche or a Mercedes that comes out. It's just like. Yeah, you probably don't want the first year. Second year is much better. You know, they fixed all that. It's going to be much better. You know, Walther surprisingly does the same thing. You know, but 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 I think Walther's customer is like, yeah, I like this. I'm gonna shoot this forever, and this is going to be fine. And then they just do. You know, like, there's not a lot of changing for Walther. They just don't care. They just like, no, this is good. And I think Walther's customer is like that. My wife's like that. Nope, this is what I wanted. I'll just shoot this. Well, do you want to change anything on it? No. Well, are you sure? Because maybe this, why don't you leave it alone and put it back in the holster? It's fine. It's the way I wanted it. It's the what I wanted. Just don't touch it, you know. Right. Got it. Put it away. Yep. Understand. You know, I, I think a lot of their customers are like that. I think a lot of Glock and SIGS customers, not so much, you know. They want, yeah, it'd be great if I could just do this. You know, and and there's a lot of call for that. Uh, so I I don't know. It's a very it's a, especially with handguns. It's a very strange market to me because there's a lot of you can't really you can change a lot of stuff on a handgun, but but some of the things that you could do on a long gun just don't exist there. So all the changes are these tiny minuscule things, but they mean so much to the to the gun's operation and function and the way it feels and shoots that. Even the tiniest change or the tiniest difference or the tiniest ability to make something change means a lot in a pistol. And I really think SIG in particular has figured that out. Yeah, but you've also got something that is very relatively, comparatively speaking, small Yeah, that can be firing the same bullet. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, minor changes change where the bullet goes without question. Which brings me to my next statement, which is what I've finally done to be able to hit something with my firearms. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when we were getting around to that. Uh, well, I mean, it, let's put it this way. What I actually did was successful. It worked, but I felt like an absolute ass. In the way <laughs> <I was doing. laughs> and, and, and though I'm sure nobody in the rest of the sh- shooting range actually gave a shit or cared, I was convinced that everyone was staring at me. I I got this fantastic text, which I I have to read, because um, because Jake and I text each other quite often during the week, and you know we have our we our victories, successes, failures, and and all that kind of thing, and we we roll over a, a range of subjects, and and it it's always super fun. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see what when did you send that? It had to have been. It's, it was last weekend. Was it last weekend? Because it yep. had to be had to be after I was okay. Here it is. Well, I just this is from Jake on on Saturday. Uh, well, I just finished the sighted in the lasers on all my carry guns. I find it interesting that without thinking about it, I ended up with a John Wick stance. What I was going for was a tighter grip, closer to the body for stability, and seeing over the firearm to be able to keep both eyes open. I'm shooting groupings the size of a baseball inside of 15 feet, but who the fuck cares? 
would look like a douchebag doing it. <laughs> I rolled on the floor. Oh, it was. Well, okay. <laughs> if you've spent if you spent a decent amount of time in firing ranges, uh, be they indoor or outdoor, there is always the guy who's there who thinks he's John Wick. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or, you know, thinks he's uh, Dirty Harry, something of that nature, who is just overdoing the process. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, they, they've got a, you know, the, the term for the way John Wick tends to fire, or tends to fire and, it, and there are benefits to it, is they call it central axis relock. What that actually means, I have no clue. But it, what it, it's there to... Uh, be able to keep both eyes open and have a little bit more stability in the firearm as well as it's meant a little bit more for close quarters firearm use. Uh, I wasn't going for that. I just, you know, when I, 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 I put the lasers on the firearm, and first of all, I, you know, it took me a second, because I'm an idiot, to figure out, you know, how far to turn the actual um, lug nuts to change where the laser was pointing uh, to the point where I even actually like completely unscrewed one, had to completely disassemble the laser, re put, put everything back together, put it back on the <laughs> So once I figured that out, it was just as simple as, you know, hold the firearm up, fire two shots, see where they went, turn the laser. Uh, <laughs> That's simple. <laughs> it took a little bit of time and playing and stuff of that nature. But once I kind of got it where I was, where I wanted to be, what I was finding is, is that you know, it, you still have to have fundamentals when you shoot. You still have to grip the firearm properly. You still actually have to be looking in the right spot. You've got to pull the trigger properly. So what I was trying to do was get a tighter grip on the firearm, and very similar to a race car driving steering wheel, which is almost in your chest, to give you the the strength and stability to, to drive it. I started bringing the gun closer to my chest. Sure. Not only that, but I was, I was, since I had it up towards my face, I was, you know, having trouble since I was looking for a laser dot down range versus looking for sights, which with contact lenses on, I can't see anyway. Um, I, I started to camp the firearm over so that I could actually see over top of the firearm. So next thing you know, I'm sitting here shooting the firearm, and, I, and I'm having a blast. It's, it's you know, once again, you know, picking up spots. I'm going to go shoot in this little spot over here in the corner. I got five rounds in all, you know, within a, a few inches of each other. Everything was perfectly fine. And suddenly it occurred to me that I am standing here like John Wick. <laughs> You're like, and, oh, God, is I, anybody and, watching? Exactly. And that was exactly what I was thinking. It's like, oh, my God, you know, they, they're probably outside looking at the video cameras laughing at my ass. But look at the guy who thinks he's John Wick. Oh, well, look at the douche. He's over there with his stupid ass thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been that guy. Like, well, look, I've got to stand like like I just I was just introduced to the to the uh, pistol grip method. Uh, um I don't know what the technical name for it is, but the the guy who explained it to me was two dogs humping with your with your thumbs. <laughs> I I'd never heard it that place that way, but I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, it actually see, makes sense. It, it it you know what it looks like when I tell you that, right? Yeah, because I was having a a, a, a God, it's going to sound worse. I was having a jerking problem with my trigger finger, right? Yes, 
And I, I he's like, look, you know, son, what are you what are you doing? Um, you're he goes, you're on target. He's like, you're doing everything right, but you're having you're you're having a counterbalance problem, right? You're you're not you're 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 jerking the gun to the to the right when you shoot. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm no, having I, this trouble. I tend to do that with hammer fire guns because see, being able to see the hammer, I anticipate it. Right, and and honestly, and and of course, my Bursa is a hammer fire gun, and I I was jerking. So he's like, look, you can. To correct this, this is very simple. Let me show you a different grip. And I'm like, oh god, now I'm gonna have to learn how to do a new grip, and it's gonna be, it's gonna take forever. And I, you know, I'm, I'm down pretty good here, but I'm always pulling to the right a little bit. Maybe I should just start aiming to the right and or start aiming to the left a little bit, and I can just pull my group over. And he's like, look, you could do that, but let me show you this. If you don't like it, it's you don't have to do it. And he showed me the. He goes, and I put your thumbs over this like two dogs humping. And I swear to God, I just, uh, like, it's immediately recognizable. It's like, ah, like this. And he's like, yep, just like that. Now shoot. And it, <laughs> it freaking works, right? And I was like, oh, hell, that's awesome, you know? But when you do a new grip, and you and for you, it's like new gun, new grip, new sighting system, new everything, you kind of have to adjust a little bit. <laughs> it, it looks weird. Um, and, and it feels weird sometimes, but I, I love the image of you just sitting there like John Wick style. Like, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and also let's, let's also complete the picture for people. It's not like I am a awesomely cool looking guy. I'm a 300 pound fat guy standing there <laughs> trying to look like he's actually trying to be John Wick. So th- this, this was funny. <laughs> like it was, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I I bear zero resemblance to Keanu Reeves, <laughs> except in the way you shoot a firearm. Apparently, oh, God, I still couldn't believe that's what I was doing. No, but, but the worst part about it is, is I'm going to keep doing it because it worked. Yeah, see, that's the other part. Like the two go- two dogs humping thing worked. I pulled my rounds in. You know, I was like, oh my god, next time I shoot with Bond, I'm going to totally use this because it. It fucking worked. I was surprised. I was shocked. Like immediately, first mag, right? First magazine. I had never shot this way before, with this grip, and it worked on my little freaking three eighty Bursa. And, and that's the only hard part about it is the fact that it is a three eighty. What you can find yourself doing is is actually accidentally holding the slide stop. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. And and you have to be careful. You do. You have to be careful. But. At the same time, the thing worked. You know? It was like, huh, <laughs> that's, well, that's new. Oh, and the other thing you have to be careful of, because this has happened before, and there are ways of doing it to changing your grip slightly, but if you find yourself with a snub-nosed revolver and you try to use that, it's actually, depending on how snub-nosed the revolver is, it's possible to shoot the tip of your thumb off. Yes, uh, the good news is, is this is a three and seven, uh, three and three-quarter inch barrel. Or three and a half inch barrel, three oh, and three quarter. Yeah. yeah, it's it's usually the snub nose revolver where somebody does it. And actually, the the one that's the main thing from it is the one that I would love to have, which is the Kiapa Rhino, and that's because the barrel is at the bottom cylinder instead of the top. <laughs> You're like super cool, you know. I, I but don't shoot your thumb off. Yeah, don't shoot the don't shoot your thumb off. You know, be aware, be controlled, be be 
you know, cognizant of of how it is you're shooting and if that's a good idea or not and everything. But you know, the 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 uh, and it was the range master who was showing me this because he was walking back and forth and and uh, as range masters tend to do, and uh, he had. And it uh, sounds like you actually had a cool range master because you can get some of them that will do the same thing, offer you the same opinion, but they'll be absolute dicks about it. Yeah, no, he was super cool. Um, my brother took me to to the range, and and uh, uh, no, it wasn't my brother; it was my buddy. And uh, but the same range my brother goes to because uh, he's a member there as well. And it, and uh, he had just the range master there had just taught his daughter to shoot with a bursa, and she was having the same problems. And because uh, it was an inexpensive gun, and she liked it because it was, uh, you know, looked cool, and and uh, you know they were well, relatively you, you, expensive. You can get them in pretty colors. Too. You can, and hers was pink. Um, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it's and it's the one she wanted. She's like, Daddy, I want this one, and he's like, Yeah, no problem. And uh, so he he had just gone through this with her, and she was having the same problem. And he's like, Look, I know it's going to feel weird and all that kind of stuff, and you've probably been shooting a while, but look. It, it'll work. It'll fix this problem. And I'm like, sweet, let's try it. And sure as shit, it did. And I was like, well, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, like, wow, okay. Whereas I've been some places where you'll get some range master who'll just walk past and go, point your thumbs forwards, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I would have just packed up my shit and been like, yeah, I hate this place. You know, and I got to go. <laughs> I don't take well to that kind of thing, you know, but, but this guy was seriously cool. He's like, yeah, you know, I know it feels a little weird and you got to be careful of this. And look, you got to be careful where your thumbs line up because, again, it's a small, compact uh, firearm. Uh, it's not actually compact for a 380. It's full size, but um, which is why I think it worked with this, right? Because it's a it's actually a bigger 380 than than some of the small concealed stuff, right? You wouldn't want to do that with like one of these little bitty like you're saying super stub nose or micro 380s. You probably wouldn't want to try that. But but the Bursa is actually a pretty damn big gun for a 380. Mhm. Uh so it it worked and my hands aren't huge. So it it just kind of worked. Um and I was like, "Huh? Would you look at that?" you know? Um uh, but <laughs> I do love the image of you, John, looking out at the at the range. That is, I I carried that with me all day. It was great, <laughs> you know, all cantilevered out and <laughs> with his rage all, all close to his chest, all wicked and and everything. I mean, you even have the same kind of dog as he does. So I mean, it works. I actually, I do. It works, man. <laughs> I've seen your pup. She's a sweetie. Uh, you know, it's She's like blue nose pit bull. Yeah, I mean, um. Yeah, you got more with John Wick in common than you think. <laughs> this is so wrong. We're going to start calling you Jake Wick. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if you're going to do that, then you at least need to buy me the car. <laughs> oh, my God. Which one? Either one. I'll take one. <laughs> I'll take one. either. It's fine. <laughs> Take the Mustang or the SS. Either or one, the, either one is beautiful. fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I know his original car was the uh, was the Mustang, but the the other one was a Chevelle SS. Was that? Am I correct? Well, yeah, he had a couple even in the first movie. Yeah, the, um, but the the one that. Uh, um, yeah, it was an SS Chevelle. It was a Chevelle okay. SS. Yeah, I was just trying to remember which one it was. So. Um, yeah, and at the end, of course, he had the Charger. Yes. Which 
of, and I know this is bad, and it's probably, probably blasphemy, okay? But I'd take the Charger out of all those. Actually, I'd probably take the Chevelle. I really would, because it's modern. It has Bluetooth. It has all the safety features. If it gets hit, I probably won't die in it. Um, you know. Oh, 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 wait a minute. In that Chevelle or that Mustang, if you actually hit a modern-day standard automobile, the thing was probably going to be just fine, and the actual and the automobile, the modern automobile, is going to be nothing left. Yes. However, that is true. But the you want a car will be fine. You, however, will be mangled because it's going to drive the steering wheel right through your chest, and everything while while looking not as bad will probably kill you on the inside. Whereas, if if you wreck that car, though, would you want to live through it? Oh my God! Can you imagine? (laughs) Just, just like well, they haven't made this part since 1974, so uh, we're going to have to remake it and. You know, we're going to have to find a hood for it. The hood's going to be about five grand, and then we're going to have to, you know, the paint job on it was 20 grand. Whereas the Dodge, you know, a 2011 Dodge Charger, um, yeah, the insurance will cover it, and you, you can have another one next day. That was the other thing I was going to say. I've got a, a guy I worked with who had a Chevelle, and he couldn't get it insured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's find out who's going to carry your your Chevelle SS that is like there's one of 500 left on the planet, you know, that are in, in drivable condition. Um, yeah, probably not. Uh, probably not going to be cheap on the insurance. Whereas the 2011 Dodge Charger, you'll be fine. Uh, now that we've covered cars on our gun show. <laughs> What people expected us to stay on top? Oh man, if they did, they've come to the wrong place. Uh, <laughs> I'm a founding member of Ramblers Anonymous. I, say, I don't think anybody so. who's listened to any podcast you've ever been on just knows that doesn't happen. It's not, I'm I'm incredibly focused on this show. I stay on topic most of the time. Actually, the worst part about it is on this show, I'm usually the one who drags us off topic. Oh, so great! I'm I'm glad to 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 pass the torch in this particular show. But, uh, yeah, now that we've covered guns, uh, Jake's John Wick likenesses and, and uh, uh, similarities, uh, uh, the, the SHOT Show was great this year. We were super excited to see a lot of the innovations that were happening with firearms uh, this year. I, I, was, I, in particular, was super excited to see all the innovations in shotguns. Um, the last couple of years, there's been a lot of shotgun love. I'm a big shotgun lover. Um, I... I I love all the trends, uh, you know, just because I wouldn't particularly have a certain amount of gun, just give it time. Every time I say that, I fall in love with it years later after I figure out I have a use for it. Um, but uh, there's there's tons of cool stuff. I love the fact that there's a lot of new players in it. I love the fact that there's a lot of new innovations, and, and some of the guys with inexpensive guns are challenging the the accepted standards and the accepted price points of firearms in the shotgun industry. Or the shotgun uh, space. Can I throw in one more, and, and that'll that's the remarkable one in that concept. It's the high point yeet cannon. You know, <laughs> and it's and it's funny because everybody thought it was a joke. A, a firearm so heavy that once you've emptied the the, the the magazine, you can throw it at your opponent. 
But the funny thing is, is that if you actually listen to the people who are shooting it, reviewing it, looking at it, looking at the way it's constructed, you, 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 nobody really – they're having trouble finding something bad to say about it. They're trying really, really hard because it is a high point. But you're having people are having a really difficult time trying to find something bad about it. They had one showing up at at Shot Show, and it was funny because they had uh, you know a reflex sight and a light on it and stuff like that. And I'm sitting here thinking, my God, the accessories on that individually cost more than the firearm. Yeah, the firearm is is 170 bucks retail. Okay, retail. I've seen them at gun shows. Uh, already, you know, like a, they didn't even have the gun available yet, um, and this is when it first came out in, in 2019 um, for 150. I've seen used ones because this gun was new in 2019. Yeah. Okay. I've seen used ones at the gun shop where somebody bought it and brought it back for less than a hundred bucks. Okay, this is a nine millimeter firearm for less than a hundred bucks, and it works. I, don't don't get me wrong. I have zero intentions of purchasing. Oh, I'm not gonna. Well, I, I say I'm not gonna have one. You know what? It's uh, there'll be. <laughs> I will be at a gun show. I will be depressed because I can't find anything, and I'm gonna wind up with one. And I, I just, just for the sheer God, novelty. Yeah, just for the novelty. And I swear to God, if I like it, I'm going to have to to. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, I shot this and. It's not horrible, <laughs> like I but, and 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 that's what I keep saying is is you, they are you you see the the reviewers who are you know going look at it going this dude this is this is a high point it sucks and they're trying really hard to find something but they can't figure bad. out why <laughs> now now it's it, it's size shape and and weight is completely impractical for any like carry application whatsoever but at the same time it functions. It shoots. It stays on zero. It, it, it's like, how do you how do you say something really bad about it? I, and it's ugly, and it's oh, yeah. and it has the word "yeet" in white on the freaking slide, so you can't hide what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> like I in, I asked Bon about it, and Bon is like, I refuse to buy a gun with the word "yeet" on it. I'm sorry, son. I'm not because there was one at a show, like I said, and I was going to split it with him, you know, because I didn't really want to put more than fifty bucks on this thing. And and he's like, I refuse to fund a gun with the word "yeet" on it. That's not happening. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but look, it's under hundred bucks. It's a nine millimeter, you know. And he's like, no. <laughs> but it, it's 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 pretty terrible, you know, as far as like the 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 stuff that comes up, you know, it is a high point, and it does have the word "yeet" on it, and it's a nine millimeter, and you know, and it's ugly, and it's you know all these things, but it's also got a barrel length of three and a half inches, it's twenty nine ounces, it's like just short of seven inches, I think it's like six and a half or six and seven or six and three quarters or something like that. It's got an eight shot magazine, um, and a three dot sight. Those are all things that like real nine millimeters have. <laughs> you know, it's like, huh? But it's a high point, you know. Like, and that's that's what people normally finish off with is it's a high point. It's gonna be crap, right? <laughs> but like you said, I haven't seen anybody say anything horrible about it either yet. 
and it's and, the, and you can watch them. They're trying. They're to basically desperately not, trying. And it's kind of like I, I I I can't have I don't have anything bad to say about it. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I will. You know what? Now that we've said all that, I you know I'll probably wind up with one at some point and just like be its greatest champion or something. It'll because that well, because it well, looks weird, right? It looks I, odd. I, I tell you what, if we ever actually do end up, if I actually do manage to end up down there to come to a gun show with you, if they've got one, I'll split it with you. All right, sweet. Just for the sheer <laughs> Just for the, yeah, we bought novelty one. Novelty of it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, chances are we're both going to go out, shoot it, and look at each other and go, okay, you can sell it back next time. Next. Yeah, well, you <laughs> want to buy my half out, you can sell it back. It's fine. It's uh, I don't, I've, I've done it now. But, I mean, it's stuff like that. And you know I like oddball stuff. Right, like yeah, like weird and oddball and like not standard, right? Because I that's that's normally where my my strike zone lies, and I just can't get there from here um, on the hating of it. I, and even though it says yeet, and every time, every time I look at it, I think Kanye, and I just can't, <laughs> I just can't. But still, at the same time, it'd be interesting. It would. It would. If, not, if nothing else, it'd be a wonderful gag gift for Shannon for like the holidays oh next year. God, be lucky if she didn't <laughs> shoot me in the foot with it. Oops, yeet, <laughs> yeet, yeet, bitch. You know, bam. Oh, oh, sorry, babe. <laughs> if it wasn't across state lines, I'd tell you send beef one. <laughs> the problem is beef go. I don't know what the hell everybody's problem was. This is great. <laughs> Uh, I, well, you also know that I have a habit of hearing the things that drive beefs nuts on different podcasts and sending them a reminder of it. <laughs> that is true. You probably just file off the word yeet. <laughs> everything, everything else would be great. But I, you know what? It's as much as I give it crap, I'll probably wind up with one because it's cheap and I'm bored. <laughs> it's, honestly. It's probably what's going to happen. I wish I didn't understand exactly what you meant. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have anything else to do, so I figured, eh, it's fine. <laughs> but uh, we uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this. This was uh, kind of our review of the SHOT Show and the normal or the uh, the new stuff that's coming out. Uh, normally, we wouldn't uh, review a gun show uh, like that, but... Um, you know, the Chacho is a little different. Uh, it's it's kind of the premiere and where everything happens and stuff. I should have gone. I had the ability to go um, because Dude. I was in Vegas at the time, uh, but I I couldn't uh, just because I had uh, I had to do actual business and and it was it, it, I was I was like a, a gnat's ass away from it. It killed me. I should I should have just ponied up and and been able to do it. But I was working and I wanted to do the like responsible thing instead of. <laughs> instead of what I wanted to do, which is grab a, a, a portable microphone and just head to town, <laughs> just stay there all day. Next year. Next year, I'm totally doing it. I, I am. Uh, it'll be great. But uh, you anything else? I do not. Right on. Then uh, we will see you guys next time. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope uh, you know what. In fact, uh, tell people about the show if you would. Uh, we've uh, we've had a. a, a kind of a for us a swell of new listeners and we are super appreciated uh once again hat is off to you folks in oregon i don't know what the hell's going on up there but we are full support of it because um y'all are listening to this show 
Uh, it is the highest downloaded state in which our show is downloaded. So thank you guys. Uh, thank you to everybody else who's listening. And uh, we hope hope to continue and hope you guys uh, uh, let other people know about the show. And we will see you next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.